Fewer than one in five girls make it to secondary school in sub-Saharan Africa. Even fewer make it to university. Where does all of this leadership potential go? Global Grassroots invests its time and resources to ensure that it's not lost. During the ninth month break between high school graduation and university enrollment, when girls are at the highest risk of dropping out, their Young Women's Academy gives vulnerable high school girls the opportunity to advance their own solutions to the social issues that matter most to them and their communities, while also developing their leadership skills. These transformative experiences give young women the confidence and courage to pursue their education and potential as future change leaders. Women's leadership can change the world, one girl and one community at a time. Be a part of this change and visit Global Grassroots at www.globalgrassroots.org. And welcome to the Inspire Your Life podcast series. I am your host, Arthi Rabikrisun, and I am the founder and MD of Prerna Advisory, based in South Africa. My philosophy, and that of my business, is to inspire others to make step changes that changes their lives purposefully and productively. Therefore, I coach, consult, capital raise and partner with all you crazy, beautiful people in the world to make that happen. Today, I'd like to talk about how one can strengthen one's emotional resilience. Now, typically, this is a difficult topic for a lot of people and mainly because there's a lack of understanding around it. I often get asked, first up, what is emotional resilience? For a lot of people, it represents being tough, strong, or emotionless, always. For others, it's about having awareness of when an emotion hits you and then figuring out ways to stop them from overwhelming you in the moment. Both notions are fraught with complications. Because it assumes, firstly, that one can turn emotions on and off at will, almost like a command and control system. And secondly, that showing emotion is a bad thing. Now, on the first one, in theory, yes, it can be done, but up to a point, the breaking point. The emotional piggy bank grows and eventually outgrows its confines, possibly metamorphosizing into something ugly and unrecognizable that actually releases when you least expect it. The second one has somehow become the business norm and perhaps even the societal norm, where showing emotion equals weakness. Showing emotion equals lack of control. Showing emotion equals stay away from her, she's needy. And I use her deliberately because Cue the gender bias, patriarchal system. Women are more inclined to cry more often than men, apparently. 
Showing emotion equals I will ignore because I do not know how to handle it, comfort the person. I may be sued for harassment. My goodness, the length is a the list, sorry, is a lengthy one. With all of this going on, it's no wonder that both men and women are floundering in their ability to cope with stress, anxiety, frustration, guilt, empathy, and even kindness. To answer the definition question I posed up front. Emotional resilience should simply be knowing how to adapt your emotions to suit the situation at hand, whether it's positive, things like happiness, pride, or negative, for example, fatigue, stress, and distrust. Do you gush when you're happy? Holding on my earlier point, it may signal that you're uncontrolled and uncontrollable with your emotions. Prefer not to show any emotion? Again, the perception could be that you are cold and distant. It really is a double-edged sword of perceived judgment by others that leads people down the path of finding some sort of a neutral ground of, ma- of how they actually show their emotion, calibrating it as it were, but often unsuccessfully. Now, why do I say that? Think about this. How many times have you found yourself recalling a situation repeatedly in your mind, each time reacting with different levels of emotion and different pieces of content coming together, or even building up and amplifying a particular emotion? My guess is quite regularly. What this shows is that in trying to find that neutral emotional ground, one actually moves away from one's authentic self. In the new normal that we found ourselves in, in 2020 and now 2021, there's new balancing acts that we've struck, isn't it? More time we're spending with and on ourselves and even with our loved ones. And hopefully it's helped us start to move a little bit closer towards our truer selves again, which is actually a very good thing. So the tips that I'm going to share with you will actually enable you on this journey now that you've begun uh, or at least embarked on and will help you reconcile what your true emotions should be and how to embrace and build on that for a more resilient you. My first tip is learn to label your emotions correctly. So in order to regulate emotions effectively, one needs to know what the emotion is that we're dealing with. So there needs to be awareness of the emotion. Are you happy or perhaps proud? Maybe even feeling confident about something? My first step is to expand that vocabulary on what emotion you're actually feeling. And in fact, there's a really lovely piece of work done by Dr. Gloria Wilcox, where she came up with the feelings circle, which really helps one to understand what are the different emotions that we have or um, explore at different stages and different circumstances. It's put together in a circle, and this particular circle features three rings. The innermost circle has seven core emotions, and these are being happy, surprised, feeling bad, fearful, angry, disgusted, and sad. Now, these are those go-to emotional states that we typically would describe how we're feeling or, or what emotion we're going through. But actually, they're quite vague. Now, in the feeling circle, the two outer rings above these ones drill down into even further specific emotions associated with these bigger ones that I mentioned. So, for example, 
you may be feeling sad, but the sadness may stem from feelings of guilt or loneliness. Now, your coping mechanism for dealing with guilt would be quite different to that of the loneliness one. So actually, knowing the difference in terms of where the level of sadness is coming from may actually change the plan and even the outcome. Now, the feeling circle can also be used to identify your goal emotions. Um, and I know in a podcast, it's really difficult to be able to, to explain this to you, but I would certainly urge you to look it up, the feeling circle, do a quick Google search of it. But in essence, from a goal perspective, if you're on one end of the circle, for example, let's say you're feeling anger with regard to your job. Um, if you look across the wheel at what's opposite uh, in, term of, in terms of anger, you'll find that there's actually joy. And if you actually then target to meet that opposing emotion and, for example, say, seek out a new job or a new situation within your current job that will enable that second and third tier emotions feeling with joy to come about, such as pride or success, then what you've actually done is you flip the script and you've actually changed that emotion to something that's very positive and put yourself in a positive mood state. My second tip is to validate the emotion by giving yourself permission to feel. So now that you've expanded the vocabulary on emotions, it's time to let yourself off the hook. That means giving yourself that permission to feel that emotion and repeat after me. I will be okay if I cry or laugh or if I'm frustrated. And in fact, in brackets, you can add in any of the emotions that you feel. Yeah, I will be okay. Release that pressure from your pressure cooker and let the emotion surface. The catharsis may be overwhelming, but that feeling will likely quickly be replaced with the relief and possibly more freedom thereafter. My third tip, acknowledge the emotion and try to understand its significance. Now, after you've, you've experienced the emotion, dig a little bit deeper to try and understand why is it that you felt that way? Using my previous example, perhaps you felt anxious because the last time you spoke up in a meeting, your idea was shot down. Therefore, your anxiety could actually be related to the fear element of not wanting to be rejected. And that gives you a nice sort of awareness to understand why is this now playing out again. Tip four, grow your emotional capital by investing in yourself. Now, this I feel very strongly about because we actually don't invest in our emotional capital all of the time. You know, it's all well to label, feel, and understand our emotion, but how do you actually deal with the insight thereafter? For me, investing in some sort of a personal non-judgmental interface, and obviously I'll share the example of a professional coach, will actually help you to wade through the different emotions productively, and you will generate positive outcomes, not only for yourself, but for all the others around you too. If there are fears of rejection, for example, creating tangible action plans with your coach to ensure you don't continue to sell yourself short and are able to put your great ideas forward will grow your confidence to take ownership and control of your narrative again. And that's really important. My final tip, tip five, practice your new skills regularly. 
Now, this is probably the most daunting of tips I can share, but this is how patterns and behaviors shift over time with practice. If we go back to our source code, the brain, we represent our world and process information in a certain preferred way that is part of our DNA. Over time, based on inputs like experiences, languages, and actions, we cultivate response patterns in order to cope with our world. Therefore, our neural pathways develop a practiced, habitual response that keeps us safe. Now, safety is a good thing, of course, but but it can sometimes mean that you trade off growth. Using the example that I've been talking about on anxiety, if you expose yourself to situations where you feel anxious about voicing an opinion after having put together your plan of action of a new coping mechanism, you'll find that this updated, more productive response mechanism becomes the new blueprint on how you approach a situation going forward. This creates new neural pathways and your productive habits fortify themselves. It also enhances your agility to be able to respond effectively and quicker than previously was possible. So practice makes perfect and adapted or new neural pathways are only strengthened when you do practice it. So go on and forge ahead with the process to recap awareness, feel, insight, action or will, and then solidify. Listeners, go on out there and find your Predna. Be bold and be brave. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. If you like what you heard, rate the episode and podcast and feel free to write a review. Plus, of course, share with others too. I love talking around topics like these. So if you like my perspective or insight on a subject close to your heart or something that you're grappling with, reach out to me in your comments or send me an email via my website or connect with me via LinkedIn, Instagram or Facebook. All my social media are on the podcast information. If it's important to you, then it's important to me. So happy listening to the Inspire Your Life podcast and catch you soon on the next episode. Bye.